0: Hello, and welcome to the Sunshine Sound Podcast with your host, Christine Mathias.
1: Like, a lot of people who previously were sort of apolitical are becoming more political through their music, and I think it's this sort of collective waking up that we feel happening around us, and maybe we had to go to a dark place to get there, but it feels like things are starting to change and wake up, and I think... We're seeing that reflected in in art. That's always how we see social change, right?
2: Hello, and welcome to episode number nine of the Sunshine Sound podcast. In this one, I interviewed Abby Dorsey, also known as MC Flow. She is a San Diego artist known for her cannabis-infused raps, and she has a laid-back attitude and often humorous points of view. But she also has more politically charged music, and how could you not when you're rapping about marijuana in this day and age? So she's been featured in a lot of places like High Times, Bustle, Mashable, and she's gained notoriety for her really cool music videos like Pot in the Lotkas and her most uh, recent video, Welcome to the Dispensary, which is all about recent legalization of weed in California. So we talk about how that's affected her career and her music, and uh, her well-timed release of her EP, called Her Highness, which came out on 420. So we also talk about her songwriting process, uh, what it's like to make music videos, and the value of having a strong network. And what seems to be a common theme with a lot of the musicians that I've talked to is uh, the, the struggles that we all seem to face in marketing and reaching our audience. So of course, we talk a lot about the cannabis industry. And as always, as always, we will have a chance to listen to a couple of her new tracks. So I hope you enjoy. Okay, so today in the studio, I have MC Flow. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, sure. How's, how's it going? How's your day going? My day has been pretty good today. Yeah, yeah, good day.
1: I did some recording today, and I haven't done that in a while. So that was kind of actually unexpected, but fun.
2: Cool. Yeah, because you just came out with a new album, yeah, Her Highness. An EP, yeah. Awesome. So tell me about that.
1: Um, so Her Highness, yeah, it's a five-song EP of cannabis-based raps, or I say maybe cannabis-infused raps. Mm-hmm. Um, it started from a song that I wrote a few years ago, Pot in the Latkes, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I put out a video for that did pretty well online. It made me kind of realize that people loved laughing about weed, talking <laughs> about weed, and that they wanted to talk about weed Um, and so they started talking to me about it a lot and I decided I just wanted to explore the topic more. It's always something that I have written about and used to write or with writing, but, um, but I decided to sort of make it the focus and some beautiful things came out of it.
2: Nice. So is that, um, like, did you start writing those songs after all the, uh, legalization stuff came about?
1: um probably uh even before yeah before so
2: yeah yeah. so the timing of it has worked out out great yeah (laughs) yeah definitely
1: but yeah of course I mean it's our political climate I think you can't be an artist right now and not be um working in response to some degree to the political climate that we're in right and cannabis is such an interesting topic because it touches on so many different things because when you talk about cannabis, you talk about um, racial relations and you know um, the war on drugs. You talk about it, it touches parenting, right? It touches what we put in our bodies, healthcare, and the way that our our country's healthcare system does not work to our benefit. So it's one of those interesting topics that touches on a whole bunch of other things that are really important right now and that are kind of coming to the surface right? Mm -hmm. Even, you know, women and feminism, there's a huge feminist movement within the cannabis community. um, Because a lot of people believe that it's such a new industry, that it it, uh, provides the opportunity to sort of create a new industry from the ground up that doesn't have to abide by all the old patriarchal, good old boy rules. (laughs) Right? Uh, right? So there's a huge feminist movement. And lots of networking groups to help women empower each other to be part of the cannabis community. So feminism, again, another thing that it hits on, it just touches on a lot of interesting topics. So there's plenty to write about <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah it's a good it's a good time to be creating yeah And so the music they would written in the past uh, was uh, did cannabis have a role in either creating it or yeah. did it have a presence in the music? Well,
1: yeah, I mean both cannabis has been in my life on and off since I was in high school. Um, but uh, yeah, it definitely always played a role and I definitely rapped about it in past work um, but this was when you know the first time that it became. The focus
2: sure yeah and again great timing mm-hmm. I yeah so you just had 420 came up and that was uh I saw that that's when you released it mm-hmm. is that right yep nicely done thank you <laughs> um and I saw you also just did a, a cool it looked like a pretty cool outdoor festival thing yeah that was 420 How yeah was that, that was
1: 420 as well um yeah that was the baked festival b-a-y-k-e-d for San Diego Bay, um, and it was put on by Urban Leaf, and I believe Weed Maps was a co-sponsor and Five Group, um, and it, it was just a day to celebrate four twenty and cannabis culture by the bay down by um, Seapoint. Uh, what is it? Uh, Seaport Village. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, and it was great. So um, I got to bring in four twenty itself, which was fun. I had the four fifteen set. Nice. Um, and got to ring in the official four twenty. Um, So that was fun. And my friend Billy Galewood was on stage with me and he's a ton of fun. And my friend Tori, who sings on the first track um, on the EP Morning, Noon, Night, she came down from L.A. and she sang on that song. So it was great. It was it was great to celebrate the first legal 420 um and also to celebrate the release of the EP at the same time.
2: Very nice. Yeah. So with the festival, is it's not yet like legal or I don't know if it ever will be legal to like smoke Correct. publicly. Exactly. Right?
1: So technically it was a non consumption event, which was interesting, right? <laughs> it came into play for me too because they were like, No, you can't smoke on stage mm. and like say, Blaze it up, happy four twenty. And I and for a moment, my soul was crushed because I thought, (laughs) yeah, how can it be for 420 and I not do that? But, you know, once I um, checked myself, uh, I listened to what they had to say about the importance of, you know, playing by the rules for now and building a good relationship with the city. I completely support and endorse that. So technically, it was a (laughs) non-consumption event. Um, I definitely did see some consumption (laughs) taking place, Um, but it was not like you know cannabis cup days of old where they had dab booths and you know lounges where you could actually smoke on site. It wasn't like that, but I think we'll get there. It's just a matter of of like you said, you know, legislation changing, the rules changing, having adult social use. I think is what they call it, um, Mm. or public adult consumption. I don't know um i don't know what the exact terminology is but i know in la i hear they're starting to do some cannabis lounges kind of along the lines of amsterdam coffee shops and i don't know how exactly they're able to implement that at this point but i hope you know we get there here too
2: yeah it would be nice yeah very cool Mm -hmm. yeah that would be awesome to have here and you were uh, had a really cool music video. Welcome to the dispensary. Thank you. And that was uh, which uh, which business was that associated that with? That was Urban Leaf. That yep. was Urban Leaf. Mm-hmm. Cool. And so how did how did you get hooked up with them? Um, just completely randomly.
1: I had looked into a few other dispensaries to shoot the video. I thought I was going to shoot it in L.A., but then I went to an Urban Leaf market at the time. They, they can't do it anymore, I don't think, with the new regulations, but they did have an, what they called the urban market, which was sort of like a farmer's market-esque type thing outside the dispensary, where even if you didn't have a medical license at that time, you could come and you could talk to different vendors and learn about different products Um, and I had my medical license, but I was interested in it because I thought it was a great event in that it was educational and it engaged community and, and, you know, brought people in that may not have been able to come in and engage with the cannabis scene. Um, and so I went to check out the urban market and walked into the space. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is it. This is where we need to do it because we had looked at a place in L.A., but we really wanted to dance, and Mm -hmm. we had always kind of played around with the idea of some sort of dramatic lift. I guess that's (laughs) my own, like, I grew up watching musicals, so I guess that was my own fantasy of, like, that I would eventually end up in some dramatic lift, Um, which kind of happened. But when I went in there and I saw the tall ceilings and all the open space and it was modern and clean, Um, Lines, You know, like, I really wanted to find a shop that represented sort of where dispensaries are going, right, Mm. that they're not hole in the wall um, spots anymore, you know, they're like beautiful boutiques um, that look more like an Apple store, you know, so... So yeah, so that's the story. And so I went in there and I literally just that moment, I was like, is there a manager here I can talk to That was the first day that I talked to somebody there and then um, just kept talking to them. And they, they were into it from the get go and they've been nothing but supportive. So for me, I think it was a great match um, and uh, it'll be interesting to, to watch them grow. They're about to open another location close to the airport. Uh, they're really going to focus on cannabis tourism and, you know, Urban Leaf will pick you up at the airport, take you to the dispensary to wow. get your weed, you nice. know? <laughs> so, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty good. That's my kind of vacation, for sure.
2: Sure. Yeah. I so, like it. So can you really get a discount if, uh, oh, if mention you mention me? Oh, if you mention me, yes. Nice.
1: At, the, at the location where it was shot, at the Buenos Aires location. Yeah, you can.
2: Very Cool. And so what was it like to shoot that video? It looked like it was a ton of fun. But it, yeah.
1: It was a ton of fun. It also was a very short period of time because the dispensaries are open crazy hours. They're open like 7 a.m. till 9 p.m., I think every day. Okay. So we went in at nine and basically shot nine to midnight and wow. just ran it super super fast. We had you know our ideas of what we needed to get done, and so we shot it pretty quickly. And then we did some day shooting um, in the days before and after to get some of the exterior shots. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty fast. And Charisse Coulter uh, directed. She did Pot in the Lakas for me as well, mm-hmm. and we become. Close friends and collaborators, and I think you know her through Rock Camp yep, as well. Yep. So, um, so yeah, Charisse, she knocked it out.
2: Nice. Yeah. Did you do the choreography?
1: My friend Gianna and her other friend they worked on the choreographer that's a hard word to say it is right choreography they um they did it yeah I think I attempted some choreography at first and I presented it to them and they were like oh no 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 no, no. um so yeah so so they did the choreography and they're from uh, stage seven uh dance uh, what's the word uh I want to say dance hall. That's like that's a very old-fashioned <laughs> uh, dance studio. Yeah, um, Stage Seven Dance Studio in North Park. Yeah,
2: nice. Celija and Gigi. Super fun. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It seems like you have you have some good connections, some good people supporting. And I think so much about being successful and being a creative person is kind of having that community. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'd love to to play one of your songs. You sent me a lot of really cool ones. Uh, So yeah, let's take a quick break and uh, let's listen to "Free."
0: Excuse me while I like this. You can fight this, but I'll still spark. Time's up. Gotta write this. Shine the light where it's still dark. dark Prohibition lacks insight Lacks intellect So I've been hype And I've been shocked See a plant locked in plain sight First point on this joint This is Mother Earth That's the whole point We don't own her But we owe her Respect for what she grows Sir and I know sir That it's reefer But these kids are having seizures And I see sir You keep yours out of their reach With your procedures Tell me all about your pattern Don't say it didn't happen Fact is cannabis Is medicine You spelled it out exactly Then retracted Attacked it with a schedule One infraction Funny how it's only medicine When you collect the tax Mm-hmm. That's the way. Joint. You know I'm fighting fire with fire, and that's the fucking point. Anoint me with the holy wall that even JC had in spoils appointed kings with herbal things, and that's my case in point. In case you're late, my neighbor takes it for his can joint. I never over medicate, I know my breaking point. They say the war on drugs is dead with smoking blazing joints. Instead, embracing state instead of fed. I think I made my point. Yeah, little orange bottles with little white tops. Mean big green dollars for little white stocks. Walk little green plants and young black males to overpack jails. Full stop. Full disclosure. I like weed. I like it a lot. And every time I hit it, make that red cherry pop. And everywhere I go, I spread the gospel of pot. I'm dropping ash like an apostle, passing slips off to God. My, my, my mic drop. That's the world. You can fight this, but I still spark, Excuse me while well, I like this. You can fight this, but I still spark, Excuse me while well, I like this. You can fight this, but I still spark. Excuse me while I like this, you can fight this, but I still spark. It brighter than the motherfucking lightning can be. I'm getting higher by the words, that's what writing can be. I'm getting higher from the earth that I be lighting for free. You see cause everywhere I turn, people be giving me tree. They're like, yo flow, you wanna get high? Do you wanna speak game? Do you wanna get rich? I'm like yeah I wanna get high, but I wanna make change and I wanna be quick want to speed evolution, want to weed revolution, need to see the reunion of earth and human struggle, we can find the solution, and then, like, do you really smoke weed, cause you rap real fast and you don't lose breath, I'm like, yeah, I just smoke weed, I'll back with the Pope and I'm hashtag blessed, my new motto is just say yes, and I'm hot right now, as you might have guessed, I confess that to they talk and I rap, never show on the smoke, cause I'm that's best and brighter than the motherfucking lightning can be, I'm getting higher by the work, cause that's what writing can be, I'm getting higher from the update, let be light for free, you see, cause everywhere I turn, people be giving me treat, I'm spitting
2: back yeah so tell tell me about that track so free is the most
1: political track for sure on the ep um and it was a song that i actually initially wrote to a different beat um and then ended up sort of reworking it and redoing it when i went into the studio with dre who produced the ep But for me, yeah, Free is about just that. It's about, like, being free, letting go. Uh, For me, the song always had a sort of rise to it that had some kind of, like, release or something at the end that had, to me, it was always the biggest climax, I guess is a terrible (laughs) word. (laughs) I'm MC Flo and I'm here to talk about climax. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it um, for me, came to this climax that allowed me to sort of like, let go and kind of just go for it in a way that I hadn't done before in a song. And the song, you know, makes me feel angry. And it has a, a you know, a level of anger to it. Mm. Um, and it talks about some of the more socio-political issues surrounding cannabis but for me it's um yeah it's one of the more political ones I kind of wanted to show a little bit of everything on this EP and have some songs that were more serious and of course more songs like my standard which is that I like to use humor and and uh laughs to make people think about
2: other things yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I like that. And so when you when you write music, because I the whole rap world really is kind of a mystery to me. Like, what is that songwriting price process like for you? Like, do you start with uh, with the words, and where does the music play into it? What What does that look like?
1: Usually, I start with the music because I like the music to inform what the lyrics are going to be about and what the song is going to feel like and be about. Um, but it can go either way and sometimes I'll take something I've written for something and then try it over a totally different beat and it'll change the delivery and give it a different life and I'll like it more and switch it. But generally I will, um, find a beat either online or from somebody that I'm working with or, you know, I'll, I do some basic, basic, um, production at home on my computer just enough to like. Get me to a point where I can get going creatively, um, and then take it to somebody else to really like make mm-hmm. it shine
2: later. Um, so, what what do you use to uh, to make beats? If you do do that, um, uh, Logic um... usually. Okay. Yep. And so then <laughs>
1: yeah, and then I have a few um, apps on my iPad too. So I'll use the GarageBand on my iPad because it's a little different and more intuitive than the GarageBand that I used to have like on a desktop. Um, on the desktop i use logic and then i'm just starting to learn some other stuff so we'll see it's such a big learning curve i feel like (laughs) but in the end if you can just sit down and and play with it the more you do it right the better you
2: get yeah yeah so when you're like using logic and making beats or anything Mm -hmm. like are you using like any kind of, like, MIDI controllers or, like, a keyboard or anything? Or, or what does yeah, that look like?
1: I have a small uh, MIDI keyboard that has some touch pads on it, too. Um, it's, like, a real small, basic M-Audio, like, 99 99 little gotcha. travel one. It's, like, a it, it's really small. Um, but, yeah, my, my beat-making skills are, are minimal, for sure.
2: Yeah, but I think... You can still do a lot with mm-hmm. with just minimal stuff, especially yeah, now with how much you can find mm-hmm. online too. So like yeah. where what um, kind of stuff are you able to find online or where do you go for that?
1: In terms of tutorials and or, that kind of like stuff finding or like, finding samples. Finding or,
2: samples, yeah.
1: Yeah, I haven't really done that so much of that myself. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not really so deep into the production side. I mean, from actually I shouldn't say that though. Because when I first started doing When I first started working on Her Highness, I was using a lot of samples, stuff that I was just like ripping off YouTube, because Her Highness for me also was born out of the fact that I have a young daughter. And my daughter was going through this like crazy princess stage that (laughs) little girls tend to go through around, you know, five years old. (laughs) And so everything was like princesses and crowns and um, and royal this and that. And so it, it got me kind of just thinking about royalty in general. And so I always joked around like, oh, okay, well, if I were a queen, then clearly I would be the queen of weed. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of informed Her Highness. But I've already forgotten how I got onto this topic oh, of my like daughter. Oh, from like samples
2: and things. Oh, from samples. Yeah.
1: Right, right, right. Okay. So, so in the beginning, I was sampling a lot of Disney stuff because... I was really trying to, like, push it and play on that feminist trope of, you know, the Disney princess and say, OK, well, you want a princess, then I'm going to be the princess of weed <laughs> and I'm going to give you the legit Her Highness blaze it princess. Um, so I was using some of the different Disney samples. But then, of course, as soon as you start to go into the stage of music, when you're thinking about putting it out, and you're thinking about publishing and you're thinking about rights, it was like, well, obviously none of those were really gonna fly for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I st- uh, I, I'm i now starting to think, what I think I'll do next is maybe put out a Her Highness mixtape, that it has some of those earlier stuff that I worked on and also some other stuff that just, I don't, you know, have uh, licenses for. <laughs> um, and I think it could maybe be a little bit more experimental um, but but I I do love playing with different sounds and playing with clips from just pop culture in general, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's fun. I think uh, like it, that's and I think that's an important piece of music. Sometimes it is just playing with sounds and mm-hmm. seeing what you can do with it. Yeah, yeah. And then so where um, where does where Do the words come in? Like, when, at what point do you start, like, adding, um, start rapping over um, the music? The words
1: usually come pretty fast and, um, I don't know. I don't know where they come from or, or <laughs> what the magic is.
2: Yeah. Do you think of like of the concepts for the whole song at first and then kind of fill it in? Or is it more like I organic, think it, intuitive? Yeah, it really
1: depends. It mm-hmm. depends on the song. Definitely both ways. There are times when I super write a song, you know, and I really think about it. And I think about the theme and I think about what I want to happen in each verse and where am I going. And I really map it out. And then there's other times... Yeah, like you said, that you just get on the mic and you do something weird to it, your voice sounds different, and you're able to like sing a little different, and it just takes you to some other place.
2: Yeah, that's cool. Like, how did how did you get into rapping?
1: Through spoken word, hmm. initially. So I did host an open mic in Hillcrest for a long, uh, probably like two or three years, I think it was. It was an open mic for women called Siren. And um, at that time, I was doing a lot of spoken word. And I started hanging out with a lot of musicians. And I wanted to be involved. And so I started thinking about ways that I could take some of my stuff and put it to music. And then just started playing around with it more and more and became obsessed with it.
2: Nice. And uh, yeah, so do you think that that's what you want to continue to do? Like, you know, stay in kind of the rap world? Have you thought about exploring other genres of music or anything?
1: Yeah, I love all genres of music, and I like writing in multiple styles and genres. So I definitely could see myself writing for other people in in different genres for sure. Um, in terms of me performing, I don't have the strongest singing voice. I'm starting to, like, learn a little more and get more confident. Um, but... I'm very aware of that, mm. so um I don't know. we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I love rapping. rapping is so fun. Um, it feels so good mm. and and I love doing it. so I know that I'll continue to do it, um, but above everything, I love just songwriting mm-hmm. I mean and it can be, like I said, any genre like. I I listen to everything. I love country music. I love (laughs) trap. I love everything. I listen to a very wide range of stuff. Nice. What about you?
2: Yeah, I do too, for sure. There's too much music out there to limit yourself. Mm -hmm. And and I think no matter what kind of music you're playing, it's cool when you can be influenced by different genres. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So so like when you're... Because I've never rapped or performed as a Mm -hmm. rapper. And I think about... Like, what seems so challenging about it is, like, when I'm singing in a, you know, like, singing a song, and I miss a word, or I forget a line, it's it's no big deal. It's easy to kind of just mm-hmm. fake it. Yeah. <laughs> it's That seems harder to do when you're rapping.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably. But, I mean, you just, as you know, you get good at, at faking it, and you just keep going. If you drop one, you keep going. Um, but... Yeah, rap is intense, right? Because it's so dense; it's yeah. so many lyrics to remember. Um, but that's what makes it so incredible. I always think of Lin Manuel Miranda, who I just love and adore, and how he talked about how like he could only have told Hamilton and the story of Hamilton through hip hop because it was so it's so dense. There's so many words, and so that allows for so much storytelling. Uh, and that's an interesting thing to think about
2: that's true you can fit a lot more content into mm-hmm. a rap song <laughs> than like your typical rock song mm-hmm. yeah yep yeah definitely so let's uh let's take a quick break and listen to another track let's okay. listen to um oh charlotte this, this song's really powerful so Great. let's take a quick break
0: started
1: out the way that babies do two parents were in love and they created you twin girls they patiently awaited you and on the day you were born they celebrated you
0: oh charlotte you were such a blessing to the world pink cheeks tiny toes mom and dad's baby girl oh charlotte they couldn't wait to see you grow your parents love you more than you will ever know but at three months old the seizures hit like an earthquake twisting up your body shaking you in the worst way doctors called it epilepsy they called it dravays. every seizure stormed through your eyes like hurricanes with every seizure you were slipping
1: away seizure numbers climbing up into the hundreds each day oh Charlotte your parents prayed and prayed tried everything they could but you were drifting away
0: oh They were both singing, I won't give up if they
2: heard about a treatment. They were looking it up, oh Charlotte. They read every word until they read about a herb that was changing the world for the boys and girls who were just like you. This plant produced an oil with the power, but it's true that this flower had a history of being taboo. Till your parents took a chance and they gave it to you, oh
0: Charlotte. Even on that very first day, this plant kept the seizures and the pains at bay, oh Charlotte. He came back to life And after years in the dark There was finally light But the plant was rare Hard to procure Your parents found some brothers Who would grow you some more Oh, Charlotte Another birthday came You planted a
1: seed We gave it your name Oh,
0: Charlotte 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 steady growing each day Steady out there on your bike riding with Maxwell and Chase Already out there taking hikes with a smile on your face Beaming on the school bus, pulling away Oh Charlotte, the word is getting around About the power of the plant and the answers you found Oh Charlotte, we're gonna make you proud We're gonna chant your name, break the barriers down Oh Charlotte, Charlotte. Charlotte Charlotte it's so beautiful to watch you grow.
2: And we're back. Yeah, so tell tell me about that one. I, I think I I um in one of the news stories I was reviewing on you, I, I saw you talk about that a little bit. But yeah, so mm-hmm. tell tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so Oh Charlotte is the story of Charlotte Figgy. Um, and Charlotte and her family live in Colorado. And when Charlotte was younger, she was diagnosed with Gervais syndrome, which is a very severe form of epilepsy, and tried a lot of different treatments. And um, she was having uh, hundreds of seizures a day and was, having, was really struggling to go on. And her parents tried cannabis oil and immediately had a positive response and They have been able to manage her seizures successfully using cannabis oil and specifically a strain that was developed for her and was named after her called Charlotte's Web, which is very, very high in CBD, uh, the non-psychoactive component of cannabis, and very low in THC, um, the part that gets you high, right? Um, So I had seen her story on a... I think it was, like, Sanjay Gupta or one of um, those CNN-type shows. And I don't know. It just really stuck with me. I think maybe because also, again, I had, like, a young daughter at the time. And so I was thinking, wow, like, what if that were me? And I had to watch my child suffer like that. I mean, it's so painful and so intense and I can only imagine what it's like to be a parent and see your kid struggling and not being able to find the right answer and then finding an answer and having other people tell you that you know you shouldn't or can't have access to it Hmm. because technically it's illegal you know so so yeah so I I just one day I remember where I was sitting when I started writing it downstairs, actually at my computer playing a beat, and and it was a very, I just felt like telling a story in that moment, and that the whole first verse, I think the first day I wrote the first two verses um, and the hook, and then um, it sat for a while, and then the last verse was added later down the line, and... At that time, I had already contacted Charlotte's family, so I sent them, because I really wanted to make sure that they were okay with it, you know? That was my primary thing, was like, I didn't want to create anything or put anything out there that they didn't feel reflected Charlotte and her story. Um, So I had finished The first version of it which was only two verses and send it to her send it to charlotte's mom and said you know love input if there's anything else that you want to tell me about charlotte or your family and so they we actually had a little correspondence back and forth and then um i wrote the last verse and then got my friend jason mraz to sing on it with me which is awesome because he sings like an angel (laughs) and um and yeah and that is the story of of oh charlotte
2: yeah that's such an amazing amazing story to hear about like how beautiful it is that she was able to find this you know natural mm-hmm. cure for that that problem. It just it's 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 you know encouraging to see that we're moving in the right direction as a country, but also also really sad and frustrating that there's like what has been our problem, you yes. know yeah. yeah,
1: sad and frustrating, it's a good way to put it and especially with some of these families who become literally like refugees and have to move to different states in order to have access to this medication to give their kids, and they have to move their families or break up families in order to have access to it. I mean, it's just crazy. So, yes, I do agree with you. I think we're definitely moving in the right direction, Um, and I just hope that change comes quickly Mm -hmm. and that people are really able to start looking at some of the stigmas that they have against it and just all the stories and and things we've been taught that we need to sort of unteach ourselves um that's what i hope for
2: right yeah and i think what what you're doing definitely helps with that it's um yeah, it's like what is the difference that people see between like like why are we okay with alcohol? I don't. Right? It,
1: why yeah. are we yeah okay with alcohol, which <laughs> will ravage your body, <laughs> you know, causes people to get violent, causes people to black out, um, you know, we're we're okay with that. It literally poisons your body, but a natural substance that nobody has ever died from or overdosed from. You know, I mean. I can talk about this whole part for a whole other podcast. <laughs> sure, <laughs> um, but but yeah, it's important. It's important to to talk about why it was made illegal in the first place, and what you know, what are what were we really quote unquote outlawing? You know, at that time, what were we trying to outlaw? What were we afraid of? And that's all I have to
2: say about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you think that like as a musician you kind of in a way have a responsibility to you know stay aware of these social issues and and being someone with a you know a microphone in front of an audience that's um, that can put out messages that mm-hmm. that in some ways that it's kind of the responsibility of a musician to to you know to fight for these causes or is it mm. just something that inspires you? No that's a good question.
1: I think for me it's more like the way that I process it, right, the way that I think through all these problems and questions. Um, So, yeah, I don't know that I feel like it's my job, um, but, you know, or my responsibility because I'm a musician, but at the same time, I feel like as an artist, it's a natural inclination to sort of process the world and ask these kinds of questions in a creative and sometimes musical way, right? Yeah. So I don't know if I answered that yeah, quite correctly. No, absolutely. but absolutely.
2: I think it's um, that musicians and artists have a way of tapping into the truth or maybe not being able to ignore the truth. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I think that's what I feel comes out in your music yeah
1: yeah and and I mean like I was saying earlier about the political climate right now I feel like a lot of people who previously were sort of apolitical are becoming more political through their music and I think it's this sort of collective waking up that we feel happening around us and maybe we had to go to a dark place to get there but it feels like things are starting to change and wake up and i think we're seeing that reflected in in art that's always how we see social change right
2: sure yeah do you think that um that your art is always going to have some kind of uh, either political or so- social changes like do you think that's yeah. always going to be a part of the music you make <laughs> probably Yeah
1: <laughs> probably I don't know if that's a good thing <laughs> um, maybe I need to lighten up a little bit but no I can be pretty light too Oh yeah Like I said and I definitely. like to definitely use humor to hit on some of these more mm-hmm um heady topics but yeah i i think probably yeah i'm an activist i don't know i have opinions on things and music is the way that i get my opinions out and i work through stuff so so yeah it probably always will until sky my daughter finally eventually says mom you are killing me please (laughs) stop you're so embarrassing stop talking about weed how old is Sky now (laughs) she's seven Almost. Okay. She'll be seven okay. in like three weeks.
2: Yeah. Does, yeah. She, um, does she listen to your music?
1: She's, she listens to some of it, yeah. Um, but we listen to a ton of music just in general together. Um, and she's starting to learn a little bit of guitar. She's musical in general. She makes up songs constantly. So she's always, we used to joke and call it Skylar the Musical because she would <laughs> just sing her way through the day and sing everything. Um, so we'll see, yeah. she, you know, we'll see where she goes with it. But, um, she's heard some of my songs and I think she's seen me perform maybe like once or twice, but not, not very much. Cause I'm usually for the late crowd. <laughs>
2: sure. <laughs> Is it, has it been challenging to, to, kind of balance having, having a kid and having a music career? Yeah,
1: definitely. I mean, I think it's hard for any mom to balance career and motherhood in general. And then, yeah, putting weed wrapper as your (laughs) as your job on top of stay at home mom um, is definitely an interesting combo. But um, I think, you know, the hardest part about parenting in general is just being able to carve out time for yourself. And music requires that kind of time and that, you know, at least for some people, maybe not everybody, you know. I was listening oh, yeah, to a podcast yeah. today when a musician was talking about how they grew up singing in their living room all the time. There was always music and everybody was playing. But so maybe if it was introduced to you that way. But hmm. for me, I'm an, I'm a pretty introverted person. And I to work, I like to be quiet and kind of go mm-hmm. into my own zone, right, and have my own... Thing going on um I don't know
2: yeah so it can be challenging to yeah it to, can be find that time.
1: it can be challenging to to find that time as a parent in general and then to put on top of it the pressure to then be creative in that moment right mm-hmm. because it's like okay I finally have the time I got the kid to sleep <laughs> and now I have you know an hour and a half of uninterrupted time But then the pressure is on, right, to, like, really make (laughs) the magic happen in that short window. And sometimes that works to your benefit and sometimes it doesn't. Um, But, yeah, I've thought about it in in a lot of different ways because I've also thought about how Skye will eventually find me totally embarrassing. (laughs) And also that she'll eventually be able to, you know, go on YouTube and watch all my videos and, you know, interviews I've done and other things. So that part of it is, like, a little weird to think about. But I also think that, you know, by the time she's older, some of these issues that I'm talking about in my songs are going to be in a very different place. (laughs) And um, hopefully we won't really need to be fighting and singing and rapping about some of these things anymore. You know, hopefully we'll see change by the time Sky's a teenager.
2: Yeah. Let's hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You also do, you do really good with, with marketing and putting yourself out there. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That definitely takes a lot of time and effort. Um, like, is that something that you, is that some creative people struggle with that piece of mm-hmm. it? How, how do you feel about it?
1: You know, I feel mixed about it. I feel like there's a lot of pressure now as an artist to do everything. Right. It's like, you have to do your own social media. You have to do all your, get your image right. You have to, if you're me, like write all your own PR. Um, there, Record the music yourself. Do it at <laughs> yeah. home. You know, like yeah. there's just, there's so much pressure now to do it all yourself. Um, so that part I find challenging. I'm lucky that I come from, I worked for nonprofits before and I did event planning and I worked for different magazines. And so I, you know, going in, I know what a press release is. I know like some of the basics that have helped me, I think, where maybe some of my counterparts didn't have that prior knowledge of like, oh, how do you get it to the local paper and get them to really pay attention to what you're trying to do when you're a nobody that nobody has heard of. Right. Um, so I think I had some of those skills. But I mean, I appreciate you saying that I seem like I have it unlocked because yes. I, I feel like every day is school and I'm learning as I go. And some things seem like they work. And some things don't. And then I have a friend, a close friend who just had her whole Instagram account just deleted. She does um, cannabis florals. So, you know, flower arrangements that include cannabis leaves and other stuff, like, and Instagram just whoosh,
2: wiped really? it. Yeah, Why? it happens. It
1: happens because cannabis is still technically illegal really? on a federal level, that sometimes they come after certain accounts, and it's really sad. And, you know, you think of all the work that people put in building these, you know, social media platforms and then to have it all you wake up and have it all just gone so when I hear stories like that I'm like oh my god I can't even imagine um but I'm doing the best I can like I said I'm learning as I go and um I would love any um feedback or resources that you have or (laughs) or tips that other guests have had about how to kind of balance that Because you're right. I would think a lot of artists struggle with it because we're we're musicians. You know, we like to be behind our instruments (laughs) in our own little world. And I don't know about you, but I find it really hard to write about myself. Like anytime I have to do like a bio and update my website and that kind of stuff, uh, to me, that is the worst, writing about yourself. So... (laughs) Yeah, I would be I would be uh, interested in any resources you have sure. to share. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think it's hard because when you like read an article about a musician or something, or look at their social media, it looks kind of effortless, and mm-hmm. you don't realize how much work it actually takes. It's yep. not like you're doing something cool and the newspapers come knocking on your door. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it is. It's work. There's many levels, and it is a lot of work.
2: Yeah. Well, you're doing good and you're you're putting great stuff out there. So, (laughs) um, yeah. Do you have any shows coming up or anything exciting happening? (laughs) That is a good question. No, I don't have any
1: shows coming up right now. I'm hoping to get a few lined up. So I will keep you posted if that changes by the time this airs. Um, but no, just focusing mostly on the EP, getting it out, getting it reviewed, um, making connections with people, and then, yeah, trying to book probably for the fall into some cannabis festivals.
2: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So if, if people want to listen to MC Flow or Find You, where where can they do that? Uh, you can find me
1: everywhere. You can find Her Highness streaming on pretty much every digital platform. Um, And you can find me on my website, which is mcflowmusic.com. And you'll find me on all the socials and all that's on my website. So
2: don't be shy. Say hi. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Thanks for having me here. Sure. So thank you for listening to episode number nine of the Sunshine Town podcast. If you like what you heard, you can check us out at sunshinesoundcenter.org. I'm always open to questions and suggestions for guests, so feel free to contact me at Christine with a C at sunshinesoundcenter.org. Uh, you can also find some updates and other fun stuff on our Instagram, on Facebook. We got a Twitter we don't update too often, but you can check it out. Uh, Thanks again to Tommy Bobcat for audio engineering and for the theme music and for all the support. That's all I got for you today, and I hope you have a good one. I'll talk to you again soon.